Thanks for tuning into the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and this interview that you're about to listen to is just sort of an impromptu conversation that I had with my friend, James Dodsway. Now, James and I go way back, but this interview is actually the first time that we had spoken in more than a decade. So you're going to kind of hear the laid back nature of this interview, really just a kingdom conversation, two friends catching up, talking about ministry. James lays down some really cool truths and nuggets that are going to just help you develop more of a kingdom culture, kingdom-mindedness, relationship with Jesus. He talks about obedience and being led by the Spirit, some transitions that took place in his life through ministry and just depending on God through it all. A lot of really cool values, so please stay tuned. Let me just give you tiny disclaimer. The sound quality isn't fantastic. You're going to hear some phones ringing and some voices, muffled voices in the background and stuff like that, so it's going to sound a little bit like we were on the set of The Office at the time of this recording, but it's okay. The content is good, so we wanted to bring it to you guys. Make sure you stay tuned. This is episode 38, and it starts right now. All right, guys. Well, I'm here with James Dodswhite, former pastor and church planter. Well, I say former, but you'll find out real quick. James definitely still has the heart of a pastor. Pretty much done it all in ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry, uh, planted a church, pastored a church for a number of years. He was an executive pastor for a time. Currently serving the Lord, serving the body of Christ through Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. And just the level of impact that they're having around the world is just phenomenal. The number of children that are being discipled on a yearly basis through this organization is just absolutely astronomical. I was blown away. I'm so blessed and privileged and honored to have James on the program today. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hey, man. Dude, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great. Man, what you been up to? Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> a whole lot of sitting around and staying at home. <laughs> yeah. We've been, we've been back in the office now for, I think this is week three. So we did the work from home for a little while and now we're back to the cube life before we get to go travel again and countries open up. and. Yeah. So what, what does that look like? Uh, the workload is definitely lessened, um, you know, because travel is a big part of what we do. Last year, I traveled, I think, about 130 days oh, really? um, out of the year. So, yeah. and that's, you know, I think I took nine trips last year, and each trip lasts anywhere from seven to 14 days. Yeah. So, and all the trips are kind of into the same region, Central Africa. And um, so now that the travel component is not a, a part of the, you know, the puzzle, it's a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of emails, phone calls, interactions with our teams in the field. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's still fun though. Do you know, like, do you know what, what we do and kind no, of, I was going to ask. Good I, picture? Yeah. I would, I would love for you to share some of that. Sure. With so I am, uh, the central African regional director for operation Christmas child. So basically, um, you've probably heard of, you know, OCC operation Christmas child where they collect the shoe boxes. Yes. And fill them with the gifts and churches, you know, collect them and they end up in one of the big distribution centers uh, processing centers. I think we have five or six of them around the U.S. We have one here in Boone, North Carolina. Okay. So those sh shoe boxes get processed just to make sure they get opened up and make sure there's no 
items that are, you know, will get flagged in customs and make sure yeah. there's money or food or harmful items. Then they get, you know, retaped up, made sure they're age appropriate, and then they get shipped out all over the world. And last year we shipped out, I think, almost 10 million, 10 million shoe boxes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'm on the distribution end. So my okay. job is to m recruit and select and mobilize volunteer teams in my region, which is French-speaking Africa. So I'm in, I have uh, nine countries that I oversee. And in each of those nine countries, we have a network of volunteer teams. And those volunteer teams select and train and equip local churches to preach the gospel to the kids of their community using the shoebox and then enlist them into a discipleship course uh, of 12 weeks called The Greatest Journey. So, so we, make, we make disciples of children all over the world. Wow. So in my region, uh, this, this year we will ship 1,083,000 shoeboxes and we'll make 600,000 disciples of kids in French-speaking Africa. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's super unreal. fulfilling. But... If I, if I could lay down and dream of the perfect job, this is the job I would create. Oh, so cool, man. Yeah. How long I have you been it, doing this? It. Not long. So I've been a regional director. Uh, July will be a year. Okay. And then I was a regional manager, let's see, six months before that. So I came out as a regional manager and my regional director uh, stepped away and I became the regional director. And now I have two regional managers under me. And so that cube right there belongs to my buddy Paul and cool. so Paul I've known him since I was like 12 years old he was missionaries with my parents in the DRC and gotcha. uh yeah so it's uh it's pretty good I uh never saw it coming you know how the plans that the Lord has for us you just never see them coming in my wildest dreams I never would have thought I'd be moving to North Carolina and yeah working at Samaritan first yeah man it's so cool though so how long have you, I probably a while, but how long ago did you step out of Grace family? So that was uh, 2009. Yeah. I was a youth pastor, children's pastor for eight years mm -hmm. and, and uh, just, you know, kind of had this growing discontentment and I didn't understand it. And so, you know, the kind of the cloud was moving. And so I went to my pastor, Pastor Craig, and I said, I don't know what's going on. I just have this growing discontentment and I don't understand it because I love this church. I love my job. And he gets a smile on his face and he basically said the same thing happened to him when he planted that church. And okay. so he said, go ahead and journal and pray. And when the Lord tells you more, just, you know, let us know. And so I went to prayer and I journaled and talked to my wife and, you know, after a series of like miraculous confirmations, I knew that I was supposed to plant a church. Yeah. And so, when I told him that, most pastors at that point would say, all right, find a place two hours away. But he said, go look in your neighborhood for a place to meet. And there was an elementary school right up from my house, right up the road. And March 1st, 2009, in full, with full support of our sending church, Grace Family Church, we launched Grow Life Church in North Tampa, Florida. And uh, that was over 10, 11 years ago. Hmm. And so I planted and pastored that church for 10 years and, um, greatest, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And, um, and then out of nowhere, I just heard the Lord say, give your church away. 
and I had, I had brought up a young pastor who was killing it, leading at a high level, preaching me under the table. And his name is Matt. And so I, I said, Matt, I think you're supposed to be the guy. And I went to the elders and overseers and I said, uh, I feel like I need to transition to be the executive pastor. And I need, I think Matt's supposed to be the guy. And I was expecting them to, you know, and Craig, the senior pastor of Grace Family, is one of the overseers. I was expecting them to say, you know, take a year to transition. But they all came together and they said, we need, we think you need to make this transition quick. Wow. So within months, uh, he was being installed. I slid aside to be the executive pastor and just, you know, I just paid the bills and, you know, took care of the staff. And I mean, it wasn't a huge church, maybe about 300 people. And, uh-huh. um, and I just waited. And honestly, I had no idea what was going to happen. And super quick, this opportunity came up. I applied. I didn't have any idea. And wow. next thing you know, we're moving to Boone. It's the craziest, <laughs> most exciting. Yeah. That, that's how it is in the kingdom, man. It's the journey with Jesus, man. I know. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. But I love that. I love, I love your obedience. And uh, I love Pastor Craig's response to you way back in 2009. That's, that's super cool, man. Just that, yeah. that open hands, you know, openness yeah. of just saying, we're not holding you here if God's moving you. And just uh, even with, I know that can be tricky. It's so cool when God just orchestrates things like that. It shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be the rarity. It should be the norm, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, I believe the Lord is moving the church into a kingdom-mindedness where we hold people with an open hand and we're not building our own personal kingdom, but we're building the kingdom. Absolutely. And where God has freedom to move people and pastors want their spiritual sons and daughters to, you know, precede them and to go farther and to do more. There's nothing more fulfilling in my book than watching a young pastor that I baptized at 16 years old. Now he is almost 30 crushing it in ministry, leading at a high level and I'm just on the sideline cheering him on. I just have, is yeah. so fulfilling. Yeah. So, so many times when you are raising someone up as a leader, like leaders have this tendency so often to have like weird feelings about it when the person they're raising up actually starts to pass them or starts to, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that yeah. the student becoming the teacher kind of thing. And it's like, oh no, well that's going to reflect bad on me. Hello. That's the best, yeah. first of all, compliment to to your gifting and, you know, you raising that, that son or daughter in the Lord. And we can get, um, I can't think of the word, but just weird with it. You know what I mean? Insecure. And, and insecure. That's the, that's exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, nah, man, like that is the best, even just on a smaller level. Whenever I see anybody just like using my stuff, copying a sermon I, I wrote or anything like that, I'm just like, Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love for it. sure. I, uh, I don't know. I think God, tests us. You know, that's biblical. God tests us in certain ways to see what we do with the little that he gives us. Yeah. And I think if, if we're faithful with a few people, he's going to give us charge over more. And the influence that the Lord has given me now in this season, for me, I consider a promotion from weathering, pastoring. And, you know, towards the end, it's almost like the feathers were being pulled out of the nest and it was difficult. It was one of the hardest seasons of my life, 2018. But God used all of it to, you know, to prepare me. And it took some hard gut checks and repenting and keeping my heart right and 
loving people when I didn't want to. It was hard. Sure. But I feel yeah. like if you will, if you'll allow God to pull you through difficult seasons, there's major promotion, kingdom promotion on the other side, because the Lord, Second Chronicles 69, his eyes are looking throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And it's a, just Amen. a kingdom principle. Amen. So good. Yeah. So what's going on with you? I mean, man. this is, I know this is your podcast and everybody who listens probably knows this answer. <laughs> no, nah, man, I've been, so my, my wife and I, we moved to Mobile, Alabama yeah. about a nine, going on nine years ago. So we had, you know, graduated from, from Elam Bible Institute back in uh, 2007, I guess it was um, about a year later, we got married. We lived in Mexico for a while, um, did some, you know, mission, mission type work down there. And it was about three years that we were down there. And then, um, you know, God really, during that time, about a year, year and a half into it, God really started to put some stuff on, on my heart and, and really lay out what he was calling me to. I was still pretty limited in my understanding of what I was supposed to be doing for the, for the Lord and for the kingdom. And he really started to lay some things out as far as church planting and different things, but he made it really, really clear and you know how the, the scripture says that God, he declares our end from the beginning. It mm -hmm. was that kind of an experience where he was showing me stuff like way in the future. And I'm looking at it like, what? Because I never had that, con like the, the concept of God was so much bigger than what I ever imagined that I would be doing. And so it took me a little bit to kind of like wrap my head around it. I just started writing what I was seeing and hearing what God was showing me. It was a little, little bit of a period of time, just journaling and writing it all out and, and sharing it with my wife. And then her saying, yeah, you're not smart enough to, to come up with that on your own. So that has to be God. <laughs> and then um, just through some, through some different things, it was uh, the pastor that we, that we work with now that we've been you know, working under and partnering with. Uh, we call him Bishop. He's our, he's our Bishop, Bennett Smith. He had a very strong relationship with that church down in, in Mexico that we were working with. And he'd be down there a couple times a year. And the first time that I met him, God just put it on my heart, get to know him. And mm -hmm. so I, I just did that. I started like going to the pastor, hey, can I pick him up from the airport? Can I take him to the airport? And just started developing relationship. And he started to speak into my, he's this kind of, he's one of the guys that's like always teaching like he's never not teaching. So when you're riding in the car, it's just all this stuff. And he's just talking to me about learning to hear God's voice and being led by the spirit. And it's all this stuff that I was longing for, but I had struggled with for so long. Mm. And so God just connected us. And, and I started looking into what he was doing in terms of, you know, his ministry around the world. I was just like looking at his website and stuff. And it was so crazy. The, the vision of what he had, he had his vision, like very much like written out in full detail of what God had spoken to him years earlier, church planting around the world and all this stuff. And I was looking at that and I was like, God, this is almost exactly what you showed me. And he just orchestrated it so that, um, you know, we were able to keep developing relationship. And then eventually he invited my wife and I up from Mexico. It was up. Um, <laughs> still feels like down because we're in the deep, deep South. A, I'm from New Jersey originally, so. Okay. We're in the North South here in North Carolina. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this was, uh, anyway, it, it was just really cool the way he worked it all out. We were supposed to be here for a, about a year or two. It was kind of a learning experience, but then God just, you know, knit everything together and um, it's turned into what I believe is going to be a, a lifelong partnership. Uh, I'm currently, I'm the executive pastor at a, our, our church is called Legacy Church International, which we started planting 
maybe four, four and a half, five years ago, something like that. And uh, we've got some church planting, really major projects coming up within the next six to 12 months that I'm really, really excited about. So working hard, we've got a, you know, got a lot going on. We've got a campus in Texcoco, which is outside of Mexico City. And uh, we're getting, we're gearing up for our, our next church plant coming up here actually in Houston, Texas. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah, it's been good. It's been, it's been fun, challenging and <laughs> All that stuff definitely been a journey, but and we planted our church in Tampa. We planted with the help of the ARC Association of Related Churches. Are you familiar with them? Yes, I am. Yeah, so we just we went through their their process, and it was um, it was good. They don't really get into the weeds with you. They just really want to love you, support you, and give you the resources you know that you really need to to be sustained. And um, really, we're like a good community, a good tribe of folks to get us off the ground and. I think they have a real good statistic and track record of planning churches. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I understand the church planning world, man. Woo! It ain't ain't for the faint of heart. <laughs> but uh, God bless you. I think there's, you know, anytime you plant a church in the community, you know, the kingdom of God stands behind you and, you know, people get saved and it's just, it literally changes a community. So yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate connecting with you, kind of reconnecting here. I uh, It's been a while, you know, I mean, just maybe within the last month or so, we've connected here and there on Facebook and stuff yeah. like that. But it's the first time we're talking face-to-face in... Yeah, screen-to-screen. Screen. Yeah, exactly. That's almost life now, right? With <laughs> I know. Yeah, I literally go from Zoom call to Zoom call. And you can imagine the challenge of getting our team in nine different countries on a zoom call where electricity is spotty, much less internet. Anyway, it's, it's all part of the deal. But I do want to say, I just want to take a moment and say that your book is fantastic. And I'm not just saying wow. that because you invited me on your podcast. I, I'm saying it because it, I was reading it. I just think it's a timely word for what the, what the body of Christ needs in this season. The, the church doesn't know who she is. And I'm not saying wow. that disparagingly, It's just the church needs to know her identity. And the first few chapters of your book are laced with kingdom identity. And, you know, it was something that the Lord had actually through a a worship leader at our church had kind of plowed the hard ground of my heart. And we kind of fought back and forth. And, you know, but really just his life message was identity, identity. And the Lord used him to kind of break open. It just really helped me walk in incredible freedom once I knew who I was. And to read your book was affirming to me in that it's a message that God is spreading throughout the body of Christ. And it's so needed, so needed, just knowing who you are. Because I think people take, they take their cues from their experience. They take their cues from their fear. They take their cues from, you know, strongholds and issues in their life. Instead of believing what the Bible says about who you are. And if you just, even in spite of what you're experiencing, if you believe what the Bible says, we're not human doings, we're human beings. (laughs) If you believe who you are, your spirit just reconnects and aligns and recalibrates with what the Bible says, and the fruit is freedom. And I lived it, experienced it, and your, your book reaffirmed it, and I was jumping up and down. So thank you for being a faithful wow. student of that. And just, I refer it to as many people as I can. Wow. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you need to get Duke's book and read it. Simple Power by Duke Lamastra. Did I say wow. that right? You said it right, man. Wow. Okay. 
No, that oh man, I can't even tell you that. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. It, I'm jumping yeah. out of my seat on the inside. So good. Just thinking so about good. you know it actually accomplishing what God showed me and everything. So really appreciate. You know, it. I think I think we can take clues from the enemy strategy, and so the devil and his um, I don't know his tactics against humanity is he's fighting their identity. I mean, that's why there's you know, dozens of different genders. It's why people, there's so much confusion, confusion yes. around that is because the enemy is terrified of what happens to a human being when they know who they are in Christ. Yes. And so if you look at what the enemy's doing and you just counteract that with what the Bible says, he's, 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 over, he's tipped his hand. He's yeah. overplayed his hand. And so the, the Lord is coming in now with this understanding of who we are in Christ, what the Bible says. I might get in trouble for saying this, but to the point where, you know, for a long time, I would say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm saved by grace, but my identity is not a sinner. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a child of God who sometimes sins. Yep. You know, and there's a big difference, a huge difference. Huge difference. And so if I'm placing the, the weight of my identity on what I do, there's a problem. Yeah. But if I place the weight of my identity on who God says I am, that unleashes freedom in my life. Wow. And it's just a big deal. Yeah, that's been one of those big things for me is, is that, that statement right there. Because I hear that all the time and I understand what people, what people mean. But even right. if we don't intend it to be that, when we walk around thinking, thinking like that, that hold on a second, like I've got a new nature. I've got a new nature. Right. I'm a new creation in Christ. My, my nature is not as a sinner. And like you said, of course, like we still sin, we still mess sure. up. We do sure. all that. We miss the mark, of course. But, but my my nature is new. I'm a child of God, and that is what positions me. It's what positions us as His children to just experience everything that He has for us. To those, I think it's John one, maybe verse twelve. It might be thirteen. To as many as received Him, He gave them the right to be called children of God. He gave the, that word rights, the, the power, the authority. He's, he's given us this, this authority to be called children of God. Like Jesus in that battle with the temptation of the enemy, if you are the son of God, mm -hmm. command these stones. And it's like, prove it, do something. And like you said, we're so wrapped up, so often we're so wrapped up in the, well, let me, de let me do something. Let me prove it. Let me demonstrate. Yeah. And it's actually, it's a perversion of truth. Because yes, as sons and daughters of God, there will be demonstration in our lives of turning stones to bread, quote unquote, you know, maybe not specifically that, but supernatural things happening in our lives. But it's never where we, we don't live from that. We live from the reality of who we are in him. And that's where things stay healthy. And that's where we reduce burnout. <laughs> and that's where we reduce yeah. all these things because not about me doing things. It's, it's being who I am in him. Right. I think of the life of David, you know, a lot of people think King David, the, the giant slayer, the bear and lion killer, but David's success started in the field as a shepherd, writing the Psalms and yeah. singing his heart to the Lord. That was the foundation of his success later on. His doing came from his being a shepherd. And I also think about the there was a few things the Lord used in my life during that transition of kind of breaking me out of this, you know, life of shame and failure and identifying myself to what all the mistakes that I had made. And one of them was, one of them was um, paying attention to the tenses 
in scripture. For instance, like Galatians 2.20, for I have been, you have been crucified with Christ. Yep. Past tense. It's already done once and for all. So good. You know, we don't need to be crucified. He, we don't have to crucify him every day. It's, it's a past one and done thing. And, you know, the Lord just walked me through this, this season where, I, where he had me pay attention to the tenses. And when things are past tense, that's a big deal. Yes. And I think sometimes the traps we find ourselves and the mistakes we made, we make as Christians is we take stuff that God has put in the past tense and we make our present tense. And it's, <laughs> it's a big, big mistake. Yeah, absolutely. This whole thing of walking with Jesus and this kingdom lifestyle, kingdom mindedness. You know, Jesus said, repent, change your thinking, change the way that you think for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. The old way of thinking of, you know, the old way of thinking doesn't fly in the kingdom. You've got to think differently. We've got to think from, from his perspective. Mm-hmm. We got to think the way that he thinks when we think the way that he thinks when we operate from that, like the Bible says, we, we have the mind of Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that just, that blows my mind. I don't even know how to wrap my mind around it, to be honest with you, but we have the mind of Christ. There, there's a verse that says, you've received Christ so walk in him mm-hmm. and it's like okay past tense yeah exactly you have received past Absolutely. tense so now yes. walk in him yeah we've got to right. walk he's made so much available to us and so many times mm-hmm. we put these things we put living by faith and we put hearing the voice of god and what else prophecy and all these different things we put these things up on a pedestal and mm-hmm. we limit I don't want to just say we limit ourselves, it's, but like we limit what the spirit of God wants to do through us because we think, oh, well, that's reserved for, for the you know, pastors or prophets or evangelists, whatever, the apostles, mm-hmm. that's reserved for a certain kind of person. I couldn't be like that. I couldn't have faith like that. Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> you could because he's dealt sure. with each of us the measure of faith and right. you can actually put his faith inside of you. And so that's just one example, but we, we limit so much ourselves what we're able to accomplish in the kingdom of god and not just in terms of like those that are in full-time ministry but every single person being led by the spirit in your daily life means you have access to this realm of the spirit this supernatural realm where all all things are actually possible to those who believe and it's walking with the spirit he's so good that he just wants to partner with every single person who's willing and yeah, man, it's just getting our minds right sometimes, like forgetting about what we used to be like. And it really is in the past and leaving it in the past and allowing it to stay nailed to the cross and just walking in this newness of life yeah. and nature that we have in him. I think the to maybe oversimplify at the risk of oversimplifying it, the church says that the problem is here. But the Bible says that you know, God has given us a new heart. So the, the problem isn't here, it's here, it's our thinking. And uh, that's the difference is we don't have a sin nature, we have a sin habit that just needs to be broken. And, uh, you know, we just need to think differently. And, you know, Absolutely. the Holy Spirit who knows everything about everything lives inside of us. What a resource. Yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy. He's like, I'm going to give you, you know, Jesus called us to a, a higher version of life higher than what the law required, even though the law was like so full of laws that made it impossible for anybody to follow it. When we come under grace, it's like we're taking it to another level, but mm-hmm. grace empowers you to live right. 
you know, grace yeah. empowers you to walk the, yeah. the way that I'm calling you to walk. It's not even that. It's not even just I'm calling you this and I'm going to give you grace. No, I'm going to actually just come and live inside of you <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to be with you every single moment of every single day. And hey, when you mess up, it's okay because it's covered because I've already dealt with that. But yeah. you, he's just so good. He, he's given yeah. us absolutely everything. Let me, I'll put my pastor hat on for a sec, which I don't wear too much anymore. <laughs> But if I was speaking to one of your listeners and they were asking, how do, what's a good place to start? One, I would say read Duke's book, read Simple Power. That's a good you know, place to start chiseling exactly. a wrong Thank mindset. You. Secondly, I would say maybe walk through the book of Galatians. So for me, it's funny. God used that. I was, um, every good pastor does a, a book series, right? A series on the, on the book of the Bible. So yeah. I said, oh, I'm going to do the book of Galatians. And little did I know it was a setup. And uh, the Holy Spirit used that study and preaching through the book of Galatians to put a magnifying glass on religion in my own life. Wow. And religion is just approaching God based on your own works versus the cross and the grace in the blood of Jesus. Wow. The church in Galatia, they were trying to approach God with their circumcision and their good works and all these things. And Paul's like, who's bewitched you? I did, this isn't the foundation that I laid. What's going on? Wow. And so Galatians is a great book to study if you're wrestling with this performance mentality, you're on the treadmill of faith and you're up and down, you're on the roller coaster because, well, I didn't, I sinned too much or I made this mistake. And Galatians is a good inoculation for religion. I love it. I second that. <laughs> Except I would say start in Galatians and then if you have time, pick up the book. But you know what I mean? <laughs> he said it a lot better than I ever could. Um, but yeah, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you. I, I don't know, you know how much time you had blocked off, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. We can start really wrapping this thing up. I think that it was really good. This was kind of impromptu as far as we didn't have, we didn't have a topic in mind, and, and, mm-hmm. but I really think that a lot of good stuff came out. So I really, really appreciate you. Appreciate sure. you being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm available if you ever want me to call back in. I, honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect, but just kind of sense the Holy Spirit here in my cubicle in Boone, North Carolina at Samaritan's Purse headquarters. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I love how the Lord works. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I, I first met Duke at a, as a, an intern at my church as a youth pastor. And he came and, man, we just did some crazy stuff. I was terrible. I'm a terrible intern. <laughs> well, I'm really old now and I don't remember. So in my awesome. mind, you were great. So, no, I'm so glad for that. <laughs> that was after my freshman year at Bible college. I was probably like 19 years old or something like that. Maybe. Okay. I th- yeah. It was one of those things like when you're that age and especially, I don't know, you, you're in Bible college and whatever, you think you know stuff oh, you think you know or something. And looking back, I'm just like, man, I was such yeah. a whatever but but god's good and god's faithful and yeah, yeah i'm really grateful for that time i i learned so much from you and uh pastor jamie and just spent spending our time with you guys and uh it was such an awesome time in my life and so thank you for everything that you poured into me back then and sure. it was good times well anything i do can i pray for you maybe as as we close is that all right that'd be fantastic all right let's pray lord thank you for my brother duke and thank you for what you're doing in his life and just the incredible privilege of connecting with him after all these years. And I thank you for just the gifts that you've given him of administration and stewarding kingdom revelation. And so I pray and I ask for more. I ask for more books for him, uh, more influence. Lord, as, as him and his pastor, uh, they, as they plant churches all over the world, I ask, Lord, that it would just explode with kingdom effectiveness, that they would reach tens of thousands of people. 
I pray, Lord, that it would always be fun, that his marriage and ministry life would just flourish. And uh, most of all, Lord, his, his walk with you would just be the source of life for him. And so thank you for him. Um, I just uh, so appreciate him, his heart, his humility. And so, Lord, just use this uh, podcast to reach whoever you want to. And Lord, we are on the same page, Duke and I. We just want your glory. We want you to be become famous. And we're just so grateful to work with you, King Jesus. Yes. And we pray this all in that name. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Hey, anybody that wants to connect with you, find out more about what you're doing, what you're doing for the kingdom, all that kind of stuff, how could they find you? Sure. Uh, probably the easiest way to connect with me, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, James Dodzwhite, D-O-D-Z-W-E-I-T. Uh, you can find me, I mean, you connect with our, our, our ministry's website, which is Samaritan.org. And uh, just kind of scroll down. We have a bunch of different projects here. And I'm with Operation Christmas Child in Central Africa. The cool thing about what we do is we mobilize the local church here in the United States with the local church in, you know, other countries. And we just kind of mobilize them to reach people with the gospel. Um, super fulfilling and mind-blowing the capacity and the scope of what we're doing. So, yeah, you can give me a call or a holler or shoot me a, an email or a Facebook message. I'm, I'm pretty available and accessible. And so, yeah, no problem there at all. So good. All right. Well, thanks again, man. And thanks everybody for, for tuning in and checking this out. Love you guys so much. And uh, we'll be back connecting with you next week. Have a good one.